Welcome back Thursday, September 23, 2021. Got a great show and a lot to cover with you uh, today. Uh, Mark Krikorian, perhaps the nation's most, uh, m- most expert immigration uh, public policy analyst, the, mo- the nation's uh, most expert person on immigration. He'll be actually in studio with us in the third hour taking your questions and telling us his take on what's taking place at the border from Texas to here to in Washington, D.C. He's the executive director of the Center for Immigration Studies. If you want to be smart about immigration, you have to go to that, cis.org. If I can put a coda on a discussion from yesterday, everything smart about it was given to us by Charles, a listener who was defending the notion of the American cowboy because it was being used negatively, pejoratively. It was weaponized by Maxine Waters to denounce the Customs and Border Patrol agents who were on horseback as engaging in something worse than slavery. So the Democrats and the media, keep in mind, have ignored the story for the last three months, have finally found a focus for it. And as we pointed out yesterday, it's their default focus. Blame law enforcement. Blame law enforcement. I think it's bigger than that, to be honest with you. I think it's also to deflect and distract from other Biden mishaps and fiascos, including the Afghanistan departure and evacuation, as well as COVID. As well as COVID. COVID, in many respects, at least from the Biden administration's perspective, isn't going very well. Today you may get a headline that the booster shot has been approved by an FDA panel and that the CDC will soon issue guidelines on it for high-risk adults. That's the positive headline. I can write it a different way. CDC panel recommends against booster shot for most Americans. That would be the other way and perhaps even more accurate way to put it. I am reading to you from CNBC, the agency, Center for Disease Control, Advisory Committee on Immunization Practices, unanimously endorsed giving third Pfizer shots to people 65 and older and nursing home residents in the first of four votes. The panel also recommended third shots for adults if they have an underlying condition, that is to say, if they are immunocompromised or otherwise. In other words, not most Americans. Now, why, why am I making this an issue? Well, again, because there's a spin to it that makes Biden look better than he actually is, because for those of you and me, whose memory may be faulty in the short term, does extend at least till the end of last month, August 31st. Joe Biden was promising that by September 20th, three days ago, the booster shot would be available for most Americans. Well, it's not. And it's not going to be soon. It certainly was shot down today as it was in the preliminary hearing last week. 
The booster shot we were all promised, whether you believe in it or not, just isn't here. It's by the administration's own criteria that they're failing. Not mine, theirs. It leads to something kind of interesting, which is, where do you go with the news? Where do you go with the news and the biggest of news stories? What are the biggest of news stories? Budget and infrastructure, to be sure, seemingly going nowhere fast with a lot of opposition. COVID, obviously. Rising prices, obviously. A tax package, which is going to put an extra burden on working Americans and small business owners. And, of course, the border. None of it going well. None of it. That being said, where can we go to get a story to boost this administration? Well, let's attack law enforcement. So instead of taking a zero story about the CPB agents on horseback with reins to ride their horses, it's a nothing story. Let's try it out, for example. Hey, Bill, did I tell you the one about the cowboy who had reins in his hand when he rode his horse? Is that a story? Is that the opening of a joke? It's nothing. It's nothing. It's like talking about a guy walking on the street. They have now turned this into a four-day story. A nothing story built on a lie is now a four-day story. It's almost as if the Covington High School students didn't teach the media enough. It's almost as if you take an image out of context and think you can run with it to your progressive dream palace. But there's a problem. There's a problem. A lot of people did run with it. It's not true. It's just simply not true that CPB were beating illegal migrants. It's simply not true, illegal immigrants. It's simply not true. And now the White House, what did they do? Did they drop it? No. They have now issued an order that CPB can no longer use horse patrol. No longer use horse patrol. Why? Go ahead. Ask why. Because of a false fact. Because of fake news. There is no why. Charles put it to our attention yesterday in defending the Cowboys Maxine Waters was denouncing twice. He gave us this topic about Cowboys and America. And he writes me this morning, in a desire to deflect the public from the mess taking place on the Texas-Mexico border, progressive Democrats have chosen to focus on one scene that they say is yet another indictment on law enforcement, and in this case, the Border Patrol. A border agent on horseback was swinging his reins, which is a procedure of twirling those reins to control and guide the horse in a crowd. But in an attempt to turn the scene into a civil rights issue, the left complained that he was whipping fleeing refugees. The agent never touched anybody, but never wanting to allow the facts to get in the way of a good narrative, it was highlighted the way, that way by the media. So in an attempt to deflect from the bigger, more important problem of border invasion, they want to legislate or enact a ban on border agents on horseback, which they have done. Prior to this, but also furthering the desired narrative, Radical California Representative Maxine Waters called the agent a cowboy twice and went on to marginalize his duties as being the aggressive moves of one such 
engaging in activities that were worse than slavery. Apparently, the Democratic Party is adding to the list of people and images that offend them. That of the cowboy is now one of them. It is not the first time that cowboys have been the target of these politicians. A few years ago, I commented about a situation at the University of Wyoming. The school's mascot was the cowboys, and they wanted to develop a marketing slogan. They came up with the slogan, the world needs more cowboys. I like that slogan. However, a person who referred to themselves as a cultural specialist was offended by the image of a white man on horseback not being welcoming to other groups. Huh? As a common sense specialist myself, thank you very much. I would like to remind this rocket scientist that a cowboy is an occupation, not a race, and not a gender. By the way, we do have cowgirls. Maybe the good professor should read a little history as well. Yes, a cowboy is a person of a certain occupation, just like a policeman, a fireman, or a construction worker. I guess he fails to grasp the concept of the village people. And if he would actually read history instead of trying to rewrite it, he would learn that as many as one-third of the cowboys in the Old West were black. Something Maxine Waters doesn't know also. And a number of Hispanics and Native Americans eventually became cowboys as well, all seeking opportunities in the changing West. And yes, some cowboys were Native Americans. Democrats, at least the radical Beltway version of Democrats and progressives, don't appear to know much at all about cowboys, but they are readily inclined to use the occupation of cowboy as a source of insult. Presidents Reagan and Bush were accused of being cowboys as a way of saying they acted recklessly and ignorantly, void of any nuance or sensibility. Maybe the Democrats are just a group that detests the working class and laborers. Despite a decades-long dialogue attempting to convince the public that they are the party of the working class and the party of labor unions, one has to wonder. You never heard them talk about trade schools and internships, no school choice, no alternative roads to employment, just college, especially college Minority. Since the rural lifestyle of farmers, ranchers, and other middle Americans are unknown to the political elites, it only stands to reason that ignorant activists like Maxine Waters would not know any better. Well put, Charles. And again, thank you. 602-5080-960. Be right back. Welcome back to the Seth Leibson Show. Let me wrap up this cowboy email from listener Charles. Uh, I, I actually did this once, something very similar, a few years ago after I visited a uh, visited a ranching family in South Dakota and talked about the differences between that culture and the rest of America. Maybe I should go and see if I can still find it. I think I know where it might be. But Charles writes that since the rural lifestyle of farmers, ranchers, and other middle Americans are unknown to the political elites, it only stands to reason that ignorant activists like Maxine Waters would not know any better. When I was a boy, I, like many kids growing up watching cowboys like Gene Autry, Autry came up with a code of the cowboy. It went something like this. These are rules that, boy, we really could use right now. All of us. The cowboy must never shoot first. Hit a smaller man or take advantage. Two, he must never go back on his word or a trust confided in him. Three, he must always tell the truth. Four, he must be gentle with children, the elderly, and animals. Five, he must not advocate 
or possess radically or religious intolerant ideas. He must help people in distress. He must be a good worker. He must keep himself clean in thought, speech, action, and personal habit. He must respect women, parents, and his nation's laws. Ten, the cowboy is a patriot. Maybe I could add a number 11, Charles writes. A cowboy is not a radical Washington progressive politician. Be my, it would be difficult, maybe downright impossible, to be such a politician and follow those ten rules. I wouldn't waste my time sending them to Miss Waters or any of the others in her crowd. These golden rules of Gene Autry's, they just wouldn't understand. But I love these rules, Charles, and I'm so glad you sent them. They are rules not just for the American cowboy. The rules for the rest of society, too. Think about what a better country we'd be if we just followed those rules. Once upon a time, we did and were. Once upon a time, we did and were. You know, there's every two years, maybe, every two years, we get a story about men failing, men falling behind, women outpacing men. This month, it's been about women in college and how they graduate Women are now graduating as well as enrolling at much higher rates than men. And we get articles on the male college crisis. We've had this before. We've had men in marriage. We've had save the males. We've had a lot of this. No one pays much attention to it, but it's true. And a few years ago, as George Will pointed out, when you think about the problem with males, you must think about the problem with male role models starting at the earliest of ages. Don't you have to think that way? In 1959, where martial virtue was a better understood phrase, I don't know if anyone knows what it means today. In 1959, get this, there were 27 Westerns on prime time television glamorizing male responsibility. Okay? How many are there today? I'd argue no Westerns that I know of except for one on a paid cable outlet, which is very popular. But in it, I wouldn't say there were any male role models in particular. But in 1959, we went to what looks like probably the majority of primetime television, cowboy shows, to zero. To zero. As one scholar put it, what we have led our culture to is an ambiguity and confusion about father about what fathers were to do in the post-war home and even more about what it means to grow up male. Playboy magazine, a harbinger of perpetual adolescence, sold trinkets for would-be social dropouts. Quote, join the beat generation Buy a Beat Generation tie clasp, <laughs> close quote. Think about that. Think about that. What we have done with the radicalism of the 60s that has now been born again in the aughts, what we have done is taken childish tantrums, childish tantrums, as they used to be recognized, and, turn, and turned them into adult public policy pronouncements. Chuck E. Cheese, Dave and Busters, go in next time you go, if there's, if, if there's one near you, and look at the age. Look at the age. Look at the fact that we have an army of 10 
million working age men sitting at home, the majority on painkillers, spending their days in front of a screen, engaged in gaming and other pursuits. Other pursuits not including good ones. Think about that. When there is, by the way, unemployment crisis, yes, if you live in a blue state, unemployment is high. If you live in a red state, they're looking for workers. In either case, the idea that we have all these working age males, what am I talking about, aged 25 roughly to 55, sitting at home in numbers higher than we've ever seen them, percentages higher than we've ever seen them, where are you going to get male role models? And when are you going to start realizing that we're living in a time that we could have predicted? You diminish the male, you get less of it. That's what diminish means, make smaller. We told girls, you go. You go, girl, and they did. We told men, be ashamed, be very ashamed. You're the wrong gender. Just as we're beginning to tell children they're the wrong race. I have more on that in a few moments. Things they can't do anything about. You know, it is interesting to me. I was thinking this morning when I was riding the bike about this issue of cultural appropriation and misappropriation in the context of what I just said. In the context of what I just said, there are males in this society who claim to be females and vice versa. I'm talking about the transgender issue. There have been whites who have pretended to be black and that usually, think of Rachel Dolezal, doesn't go very well. It's called cultural appropriation. Has anyone ever raised the issue of gender appropriation? I will be shouted down for raising that. I will be shouted down for raising that and people will get mad at me for saying it because they will say, well, it's not a mental or psychological issue the way transgenderism is. Racial, racial, what would you call it? Uh, uh, transracial, changing your race, as Rachel Dolezal tried to do. Can you transition into a different race? Mark my words well, give it five years. Give it five years. I'm not sure which direction it will go. Maybe it'll be 50-50 like sexual, uh, like sexual and gender transgender issues. That's a tautology, obviously. I don't know. But give it five years. You will see it becoming a psychological issue demanding not only acceptance but respect. Welcome back to the Seth Leibson Show. <laughs> yeah, such a great email. When are they going? When is Maxine Waters going to ask the Dallas Cowboys football team to change their name for the same reasons <laughs> that we can't have Cowboys in our Border Patrol or a Washington Redskins? No Cowboys, no Indians. He says, "Let's get rid- right." That's a very good point. The Cowboys have wiped out the Indians. How can we let this stand, Joseph? Very well. What? Jack, don't go anywhere. Aaron, in surprise, thank you for your call. Thank you for your patience. Oh, appreciate you taking the call, teacher. You bet. Um, I, again, it, it's so frustrating the way the media 
take these stories about nothing, if you will, and they just throw us in crisis and panic mode. And, yeah. and as conservatives and deep thinkers, we need to we need to challenge these step by step. I'm I'm almost reticent to even talk about the topic because really what I'd like to do is shift the focus sure. back to the operation chaos that Wait. they put us in. Go ahead. In this crisis management every single day. Every single day. Every single and- day. There was no. You, uh, do you have this in your world, Aaron? I have it in mine uh, amongst my closest of of, uh, of uh, friends. Uh, they have lately been talking about how much anxiety they seem to have. I don't know if you've had. I it, I, I keep telling them they're not special. <laughs> it's everywhere. It's everywhere. Uh, and I and I chuckle by saying they're not special, but but the implication is a serious one. And I don't know if you're sensing that too. Everyone is on so much more edge. Right now, there's a story. I didn't read it. You, you may have heard it about it. There's a story at CBS that this un, un, uh, ungodly number of children now are going to bed at night in panic because of their concerns over the climate crisis. We're scaring the, we're scaring the hell out of our kids, and it's filtering up to the adults in a lot of ways, too. That's my sense. Anyway, I, I ran with too much there. You go ahead. No, I, I think that's a fair point, and and actually, I heard on another, I heard on on your network earlier today, a reflection of that. How people in the '80s, and I remember crawling under a desk during a nuclear sure. bomb scare. Yeah. Um, that if you influence the children, they will then in turn influence the people that provide care for them. Uh-huh. So is that the intention now? Let's get all the kids under eighteen, you know, from eight to eighteen, crazy about climate crisis so the people that care for them in instill that in them and they they take action then is that part of this new operation chaos i think it is i think they want to delegitimize all of our institutions to tear them down or have us tear them down to start anew but i think that's certainly a valid point seth i appreciate you bringing it up well i you know it's interesting what, how the children are being used it's really interesting and and Aaron, we we should do a deep dive into this now that you're bringing up the point. I'm glad you're bringing it up. Mutual admiration here, but I will tell you, it's interesting how they've been used as pawns of late. I don't remember a single issue, really, maybe in the welfare debate, but really mostly that was even about adult women more than anything else. Um, I don't remember a single issue with. Children have been weaponized so much in our sociology as they have been over the last year and a half with racism and COVID. I just don't remember using uh, them. But that's because I think the left are just beginning to say the quiet parts out loud because I think since the 60s, they've understood the long war here. That is to say that if they're going to get us, they're going to get us through our children and our grandchildren. Yeah, we've spoken about that many yeah, times. Yeah, I mean, the here's GO- the number. Four, the mil- four, mil- four, million, four million high school graduates a year, another four million college graduates a year, 80% of them steeped for the last 30 years in socialist Marxist doctrine. What is that going to lead to today? Exactly. It's going to lead to today. I, I, I've got a quick story, if sure. you, you can bear it. Yeah. I've got two, two daughters. Let, let me do this. Let me take a quick break, yeah, and then Please. get back to yeah. you and Jack on the other side. Can you bear it? 
Thank you, sir. All righty. We will be right back as we go to break. Let me put in a good word for my friends at Cool Touch Air Conditioning, Heating, and Plumbing. A friend of mine asked me for plumbing the other day. I sent them to Cool Touch. They said, that's air conditioning. That's air conditioning, heating, and plumbing. They're great at all of them. They're there for you 24-7 with the best customer service. The best at doing what they say and saying what they do. They're simply the best at Cool Touch Air Conditioning, Heating, and Plumbing for repairs, replacements. You got leaks, you got plumbing problems, you got an AC unit on the fritz, you got need for an inspection, you need to replace it or a new installation. Please call my friends at Cool Touch. I use them, my friends do, my family does. 623 734 1932 or visit them online at cooltouchac.com. CoolTouchAC.com. Be right back. All right, on the things we've predicted that'll take mm, between now and the next five years, Cowboys will be forced to change their name. Because you can't just have no Indians and let the Cowboys exist and win. Plus, we hate Cowboys now, evidently. And it will become a social or some form of psychological or mental disorder to not be able to be of the race that you want. Aaron uh, was talking to us about the crisis industrial complex. Aaron, go ahead. Thanks for your patience. Thank you again, teacher. Mm. I appreciate it. So uh, this summer I had the joy of driving with my oldest daughter to grad school. She's going to Penn State, um, my alma mater. And as we were driving through Texas, a big sigh came out of her (laughs) side of the car. Um, And I said, what's wrong, Alyssa? And she said, well, there's so many flags. Mm. And I said, oh, what do you mean? She said, well, in Texas there's all this patriotism. Mm And I said, what would be wrong with that? You know, I just bought you a $31,000 car. We're driving to Penn State. (laughs) You're going to spend (laughs) $110,000 for two years of grad school to make $100,000. She said, well, I I don't like this. I'd I'd much rather be like in a socialist society like UK. Mm -hmm. And I said, well, you and your little sister are a couple absolutionists. You know, if one thing's bad, everything is bad in that sector. Mm -hmm. I said, if you were really true to your word, you'd probably pull over, sell the car, and just fly to England and donate all of your time and energy to the less fortunate. But you're a little capitalist. You just don't want to admit it. And I think that's one of the challenges with the generations after mine. I'm 51. I'm probably in your age class. Yeah, we're exactly the same. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah it, I'm, it's just it's so troubling that we've lost the narrative with all the people that have followed us. It, I mean, it's interesting because she's how I old? failed as a father. Yeah, how old was she? She's 21, sir. 21, 21. yeah. yeah. Uh, remind me, you or Bill, later in the show, I want to say something about what uh, impact high school and colleges have to lead to that kind of mindset. But, you know, with all my focus on it, this, this is uh, – well, you know what? I'll do it now. Let's just do it real quick right now. Uh, and I, I and I want to salute Christopher Rufo over at the Manhattan Institute for de- delving into this. I wanted to talk about it in a little bit, but but it's ripe, and it's this issue that we've talked about. That of course the elementary and secondary schools and colleges, now preschools, are presenting the problem in affecting our youth on social and and cultural philosophy. Um, but it's not just there, and we know kind of vaguely 
that corporate America has also been spending a lot of time and money on this as well. You know, the notion that college ended when you got your degree is alien to the major corporations in America. They want to keep educating you in woke doctrine. And I don't know if people understand, let me put it this way, I don't know if enough people understand not only how insidious it is, but how existent, how extant it is. Let's take the case, do you know the case of CVS? It's this amazing story. You know the pharmacy CVS, right, Aaron? Sure, You've heard sure. of it. Do you know the story of this lately? Yeah. It's really incredible. Um, where, where there were turning people away for valid prescriptions. That would be another story, <laughs> and we'll, oh, cut, we'll get to Go that. Ahead, yeah, no, 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 <laughs> we'll get to that. That's another one. Uh, this is Christopher Rufo. Let me just read you what he wrote. But the point is this. I don't know that enough Americans realize how much this is going on. It's not just colleges and high schools. I call it the lab leak that has affected the rest of America. It's the lab leak out of the Ivy Towers. You have a huge corporation like CVS. Employs probably somewhere around, I'm guessing, 300,000 people. It's a massive corporation, obviously. And, uh, in fact, Larry Merlot, the CEO or the former CEO, was paid 618 times the median company wage while he launched a mandatory anti-racist training program for the employees to deconstruct their privilege. We've received whistleblower documents on the core tenets of the critical race theory they are teaching, including documents on intersectionality, white privilege, and unconscious bias. Now, I'll get into it in a minute, but the first thing one wants to ask is why are the dollars I'm spending on my on uh, uh, on CVS? Why are the dollars I'm spending at CVS to get needed medicine and other supplies, and maybe maybe even a toy or a piece of candy here and again, perhaps? Why am I spending it on a company whose business seems now to be intersectionality, white privilege, and unconscious bias? Really, really, um, a keynote for this initiative would be who? Who led a keynote? in front of over 25,000 CVS employees on a Zoom call. One, Ibram Kendi. You know that name if you listen to this show. He's the Boston University professor who then told CVS employees, this is what he told them. We have the recording. Quote, to be born in the United States is to literally have racist ideas rain on our head consistently and constantly. Close quote. Kendi then argued that Americans are, quote, walking through society completely soaked in racist ideas, including children as young to, as two to three years old. Quote, our kids are basically functioning on racist ideas, choosing who to play with based on kids' skin color. It's not true. Um, but this is this is what's going on at CVS. It's what's happened at Coca-Cola. And I bet, you know, Christopher Rufo can make a pretty handsome living if he wanted to just going down the top 500 corporations in America. This is what's happening at the corporate level because, Aaron, you're right. The chaos is not good enough with our kids. We have to reinstitute it amongst our adults. This is what's going on in America. Corporate America. Keep our eyes on the prize. Well, I, I, I want that story. Yeah, no, I want people to know this is what's taking place. Now, I'm not going to go shopping at CVS, but it won't matter much. That's not what's going to do it. That's not what's going to do it. It's going to take some kind of brave political leader at this point. I don't think it can be a corporate leader. It's going to take some kind of brave political leader 
to start creatively thinking about the Civil Rights Act of 1964, which affects, as you know, uh, businesses like CVS. They have to comply with it. And it's basically uh, an enforcement of the 14th Amendment and equal protection and 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 not judging people based on their race, ethnicity, uh, gender, or sexual orientation. Now, I guess, Aaron, someone's some creative lawmaker should look into these things and apply it, and apply it. This is racism. This should have been banned by the Civil Rights Act to teach that your nation of origin is ipso facto reigning race on your head daily. How is that? What is is an American ethnicity or nationality not as good as a nationality or an ethnicity from some other country or some other place or some other culture? Of course it is. Of course it is. I I'm looking for the lawmaker that's willing to step up and do that. Let's go after the universities. Let's go after the schools and let's go after the corporations. And by let's go after them, I mean let's respond to them. Let's go after them because they're coming after us. Welcome back to the Seth Liebson Show. Jack is in Mesa. Hi. Hello, Jack. Yeah, Seth. Hey. Uh, good show. Thanks. Hey, I was listening to this big stuff that Maxine Waters was, you know, on about cowboys. Yeah, blasting the cowboys. cowboys What's that? Yeah, blasting the cowboys. Sorry, go ahead. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, you know, and what you were talking about a while ago, the... The lawmakers, maybe they should be cowboys. <laughs> but at uh, any rate, uh, I was wondering if you could play either an intro or outro thing for uh, Should Have Been a Cowboy by Toby Keith. <laughs> I don't know, Bill. And, uh, <laughs> I will do it. Should have been a cowboy. Why not? Should have learned to rope and ride. <laughs> Carry yeah, my... well, I used to... I... I used to know some real ones, you know, a rancher friend of mine up by Payson area. He had he had cowboys, you know, on the ranch he used to run. And a lot of those guys they might they may not have had like college knowledge like Maxine, but they they had certain things that that she and her bunch don't have. And one of them, uh, some of those were being wisdom, common sense, and this is the biggest one is they had insight into the outcome of situations. I, a lot I, of the left. I, I I think that's right, Jack. I think that's right. I mean, we 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 kind of what's the phrase? A lot of us want to kind of kind of use around here, but it's it's certainly manliness. It's certainly common sense, and it's it's got it's got a particular particular special imagery or meaning, does it not? To 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 the notion of uh, the West in America. Uh, the notion that Herbert Hoover spoke about vis-a-vis the lack of martial virtues in America. Uh, and we talk about, you know, rugged individualism, a phrase Herbert Hoover also gave us. You, you think about those things, all being in the gun sights of the progressives. You see what they're trying to do here, don't you? I mean, the policies from the the great society to today have been one big anti-male effort. 
One big anti-male effort. Fathers unnecessary. That's what welfare has taught us. Now look at the genderism that's being preached in the schools. And now look at the very kinds of things your Democratic Congress people are saying. If they're looking for a pejorative, I guess they've worn fascist to the ground and no one believes it anymore. It's now cowboy. I bet you've never heard old Marshall Dillon say, Miss Kitty, have you ever thought of running away and settling down? <laughs> right? I should have been a cowboy. I should have learned to rope and ride. Wearing my six-shooter. Riding my pony on a cattle drive. That used to be something kids wanted to do. We've robbed them of that, too. <laughs>